This is your KVNF Regional Newscast for Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Lisa Young. A manufacturer of outdoor vehicle-based recreation and storage systems, Goose Gear, plans to relocate from California to Grand Junction later this year, reports the Grand Junction Daily Sentinel. The company is planning to finalize its relocation in April and hire nine new positions ranging from general shop labor to general office staff. For 26 years, the Vagina Monologues have been performed in over 140 countries and 48 languages. On February 14th, the Vagina Monologues will be performed at the Paradise Theater in Paonia. KVNF's Taya J sat down with the show's director, Natalie Haynes. In the early 1990s, Eve Ensler, now known as V, started collecting interviews with women about their experiences of being women. The result was the episodic play The Vagina Monologues. On Wednesday, February 14th, 10 local women will perform the 10 monologues under the direction of Natalie Haynes. When we got together as a cast, we started off by just getting to know each other and what brought us to this whole process. And I reminded them that this is not a theatrical play. It's not a huge acting process. It's more about really connecting and feeling what the person had to say and why. It's a very emotional and very exciting and empowering process. A driving force behind the vagina monologues has been to increase awareness and end violence committed against women's bodies and to provide resources for women in need. Natalie is taking a local approach to this. Grand Junction-based nonprofit Hilltop Latimer House, in addition to Paonia-based DC Cares and the Learning Council, will be present and will have resource materials available at the event. In addition, local artists will be selling merchandise during the intermission and... In the age-old tradition of celebrating our bodies, Peonia Zumba will perform. I hope that at the event, you're going to find ways to celebrate yourself and others and connect to our inner light and what we want to shine in our community. It is not just for women or girls. It is for everybody who wants to feel the power of these wonderful voices and find their own voice as well. The Vagina Monologues will be performed at the Paradise Theater in Paonia on Wednesday, February 14th. Tickets and information can be found at paradiseofpaonia.com. For KVNF, I'm Taya J. The sport of ice climbing is growing in popularity with festivals and competitions happening in communities around the United States. But by its nature, the sport hasn't always been accessible to everyone. However, as Laura Palmasano with KVNF reports, that's changing. She takes us to the tiny mountain town of Lake City, Colorado to ice climb with a group of adaptive athletes. It's a snowy morning in early February. Dozens of ice climbers are at the Lake City Ice Park for the town's annual ice festival. 29-year-old Derek Reamer of Louisville, Colorado traveled nearly five hours to ice climb here. I ski a lot, so I have to balance ice climbing with skiing, but it's a really fun thing to do in the winter. Reamer is blind. He uses sound and touch instead of sight to help him climb. Ice is very tactile and you kind of can feel what's convex and concave with the ends of the tool because they're such a sharp point. It doesn't require a ton of visuals at all. He also rock climbs, so he says ice climbing was a natural progression. In ice climbing, I can make my own footholds for a lot of the time, and I can make my own handholds a lot of the time. 
unlike with rock climbing where you kind of are at the mercy of your holds, ice climbing gets rid of a lot of those variables, so it's in some ways easier to adapt. Reamer is one of nine adaptive athletes at the Lake City Ice Park today. He's part of a guided ice climbing trip with Paradox Sports. The Boulder-based nonprofit facilitates adaptive climbing opportunities. Paradox Sports instructor David Egan traveled from Seattle to Lake City to work with the adaptive climbers. Well, as Malcolm Daly said so profoundly, show me what you got and we'll go from there. So if I need to figure out how to get your tool onto your arm that doesn't have full function, we'll figure that out. If someone has, they're in a chair, we'll figure out how they can use their arms more. Egan says outside of the guardrails of safety, everything in adaptive climbing becomes creative and the point is to have fun. We want them to walk away, wheel away, crutch away, any way they go away with something accomplished. You know, it's all about empowerment. In 2021, Katie Nelson of Montrose, Colorado, suffered a spinal cord injury. I was really fortunate that my injury is considered an incomplete spinal cord injury, so I have minimal paralysis. Before her accident, the 33-year-old was an avid rock climber. She was determined to return to it. Because I really, really wanted to get back outside and out doing the things that made my heart happy, I had that extra motivation to really do my PT, my homework, and, and all that work that came with it. She's back to rock climbing, but in the winter, she now also ice climbs. Nelson started last year and says the sport has taught her some things. I mostly have just learned more about how I want to use my body and how I can use my body to kind of compensate for what it's not going to do anymore. This is a sport where no matter what, everybody has to use tools. That would be ice picks and crampons. Doesn't matter how many limbs you came with, what parts of you you can or can't feel, everyone starts on that level playing field of having to use the tools. Sam Sala is the national program manager for Paradox Sports. The Lake City Ice Park is, to me, probably one of the best accessible ice parks I've ever been to. He compares it to the Array Ice Park just over the mountain pass. He says it's larger and logistically more challenging to access. You start at the top of the gorge and you have to hike people down or lower them into the gorge. With people with physical disabilities, some of them have limited mobility. Getting down into the canyon and getting back out can be the hardest part. Sala also says ice climbing in other areas can involve navigating difficult terrain or travel in the backcountry. That's not the case with the Lake City Ice Park. Lake City, we drive up to the parking lot, walk 150, 200 feet, and we're at the base of just absolutely pristine, beautiful, steep ice. So it's not really any place like it. Back at the ice wall, Sala stands below adaptive athlete Derek Reamer, offering guidance. Swing that again, man. You're a little bit wobbly. Make sure you're really planting tools. There you go. Nice. Back on the ground, Reamer says it's not just instructors who help out. If you have someone in a wheelchair and you have someone who's blind, it might be the case that the blind person's pushing the chair while the person in the chair is guiding. We all help each other out, and I think the community is as important as the program itself. This is his third ice climbing trip and second time at the Lake City Ice Park. I had heard about ice climbing. I'm like, that sounds really scary. Uh, I should try it, though. He offers this advice for anyone nervous about attempting the sport or any new activity. Part of managing fear is having a progression to get better and being intentional about the things that you learn at any given point so that you're not doing too much at once. Reamer says if you plan to try ice climbing, go with people who are experienced and can guide you. Reporting from Lake City, 
I'm Laura Palmisano. That's your KVNF Regional Newscast for today. I'm Lisa Young. Special thanks to Taya Jay and Laura Palmisano.